Welcome to My American Melting Pot, the podcast for people living multicultural lives. I'm your host, Lori L. Tharps. I'm a Black woman married to a Spanish man raising three bilingual, biracial, bicultural children. I'm also a journalist, an author, and an anti-racism educator and consultant. Some people call me a cultural critic or a pop culture pundit. I call myself a diversity diva, and I'm really glad you're here for the Don't Be Racist series on the My American Melting Pot podcast. This is episode number 52 of the podcast and our fourth lesson in the Don't Be Racist series. So far, we've spoken about mindset and taking action. Today, we're going to get a little bit more granular with our lessons about taking action. Today's lesson is all about speaking up and speaking out against racism. If you want to be an anti-racism warrior, you have to use your voice. And I'll be sharing today how and why. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to remind everyone to check out the My American Melting Pot online bookstore, where you can find a curated collection of titles perfect for people living multicultural lives. Books on the My American Melting Pot online bookstore are arranged in categories like books about black hair, multicultural memoirs, books for parents raising anti-racist kids, fiction featuring interracial romance, and kids' books featuring multicultural families. I guarantee you'll find something for all the book lovers in your life, both kids and adults. And remember, when you purchase a book from the My American Melting Pot bookshop, you're supporting the production of this podcast and independent booksellers across the United States. So bypass Amazon and visit My American Melting Pot Bookshop. You can find the store at bookshop.org backslash shop backslash My American Melting Pot. It's a long URL, so I'll put the link in the show notes. Thanks. Now, let's get to today's lesson about using your voice as an anti-racist. Things first, anti-racist warriors. Let's begin with why you must use your voice to be an anti-racist. Now, remember that this series is about raising a class of anti-racist warriors, not allies, not people who just don't want to be racist, because there is a difference, my friend. You can be living your life not being actively racist, but that doesn't mean you're being anti-racist. You can live comfortably, never saying a single racist thing to anybody or have even a racist thought in your pretty little head. But if you're not using your voice to speak out against racism, my friend, then you are not an anti-racist warrior. In fact, some people might even say you're an accomplice or at least complicit in the crime of maintaining a racist system. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. He said, quote, The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. Let me say that again so it sinks in. The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. Yes, the difference between being not racist and being an anti-racist is action. It's using your voice, your body, and your resources against racist people practices, and action. It means not standing by when you see oppression, marginalization, cruelty, and discrimination happening in front of you, 
or at your place of business, or on the playground, or even at the bus stop. I said it in the last episode, inaction does way more harm than you think. Inaction and not speaking up not only allows the immediate racist behavior that's going on to continue, but it also opens the door wide for other racist actions to continue as well. If nobody speaks up, then the racists believe that there is nobody around to stop them. It makes them believe that they are right. If nobody's there to tell them they're wrong, unfortunately, they are right then. So I hope I've convinced you that you must speak up to be a good anti-racism warrior. So let's move on now to the how. I'm going to use another quote to help us get started on the how. Quote, where you see wrong or inequality or injustice, speak out because this is your country. This is your democracy. Make it, protect it, pass it on. That was a quote from Justice Thurgood Marshall, the nation's first African-American Supreme Court judge and a civil rights activist. This quote perfectly explains how to use your voice as an anti-racist. It's right there. Where you see wrong or inequality or injustice, speak out. We can even borrow a phrase from Homeland Security to remember how to use your voice to be an anti-racist. If you see something, say something right? If you see something, say something. It's so easy, except it's not, right? I mean, if it were that easy, would I even bother having this podcast? Of course not. There are so many things that happen when we want to speak up. We want to speak out. We start worrying. What if we say the wrong thing? What if the person we're speaking up for doesn't want our help? What if I could get hurt for speaking up? What if I lose my job for speaking up? These are very real concerns and fears. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But let's flip the script. What if you said the right thing and you stop someone from being harassed? What if you say the right thing and a deserving person gets a job and makes the entire workplace more productive? What if you say the right thing and you make a friend for life? What if you say the right thing and save a life? Think about that. So I'm not saying that your fears aren't warranted. I'm not saying it's not, I don't know, anxiety producing to think about speaking up and speaking out against racism. But we can't let fear be the reason that we don't do it. The fear of continuously living in a racist society should be greater. And again, flip the script in your head. Imagine the positives that could happen if you do the right thing. Walk out on faith that the things that you're doing, the things that you're saying are going to result in all good things, in better things. Maybe you're not going to get a gold star. Maybe you're not going to get an immediate thank you. But I guarantee you, when you speak up and speak out against racism, you are doing good work. You are doing important work. You are doing necessary work. Let's look at some examples. Remember Amy Cooper and Christian Cooper? Amy Cooper was the white woman who called the police on bird watcher Christian Cooper because Christian had asked Amy to put her dog on her leash in Central Park in New York City. To retaliate, Amy threatened and actually went through with her threat to call the police and say she was being harassed by an African-American man. Clearly, this was an example of racism and harassment. So how could you speak up and speak out in this situation? Two options. One, you could speak out and tell Amy Cooper that she was being racist, that what she was doing was wrong. You chastise her. You tell her that what she's doing is wrong. 
Another option is you could talk to Christian Cooper, ask him if he's okay, support him, and then stand by him when the police come and act as a witness to the crime you had seen. Speak up and speak out on behalf of Christian Cooper. Unfortunately, oftentimes it is white people who are listened to more than people of color. And so if you can use your voice to stand by as witness and speak to authority figures, then you are doing your part. Another example, at your job, what if you notice that there is a grooming policy that prohibits certain hairstyles that Black women tend to wear, like braids or twists or dreadlocks? And I'm actually bringing this up because this actually just came up in conversation recently where a white woman asked what she should do because she had noticed this. This is an excellent opportunity to speak up and use your voice. If you are not a black person, you can use your voice to speak up and speak to human resources or the boss, whoever made these policies and point out the discrimination embedded in the policy. If you use your voice to speak up, you spare a black woman having to speak up where she runs the risk of actually getting fired or being labeled a troublemaker because this is a policy that directly affects her. You don't have to be the one suffering from the policy to speak up and speak out. Another example, at school. Let's say you notice that a homework assignment that your child brought home seemed discriminatory or insensitive to a certain group of people. You can speak up and tell the teacher that this is, in fact, problematic in some way. And speaking up in that way, it could be sent as an email or a note back to the teacher. Or you may tell the principal that the lack of diverse literary offerings being assigned is also problematic or biased in some way. So you see, there are a lot of ways and situations where you can speak up and speak out against racism. The goal here is to normalize anti-racist call-outs for yourself and for the communities you live in. You want it to be known that racism won't be tolerated when you're around. And when I say normalizing this, it means that we as a society, we as communities, we as neighbors, we as family members will no longer just let racism pass us by without saying anything. Normalize anti-racist call-outs instead of normalizing racism. We have so normalized racism in this country because our country was built on a foundation of racism. So now we have to, again, flip the script and normalize anti-racist call-outs. Now, maybe you're worried that you'll become a pariah in your friend group or amongst your family if you're the one who's always saying, hey, that's racist, or hey, that's really discriminatory, or hey, that's not fair that you're saying things like that, or that's not okay that we have these policies. So yeah, maybe you won't be the most popular friend or the most popular auntie, but do you want to be friends with people who are willing to let racism flourish? The way things are going right now, we're at a crossroads in this country and around the world. We are at a point where letting racism run rampant isn't going to go unchallenged. We are literally sitting on a powder keg of civil unrest, which we've seen over and over again explode in the last few months. Nobody is safe in a country where racism poisons the very air we breathe. Not challenging racism isn't going to be okay anymore as it has been for so long in this country. We all have to speak up and speak out. At the end of the day, 
I do understand that it's particularly hard for white people to start talking about race or to call out racism. I know these things don't just roll off your tongue. It may feel awkward or it's not your place. My solution, just like I said a couple episodes back, is to fake it till you make it. Practice. Practice at home. Practice in safe spaces where you're talking to close friends or family members. Talk to as many people as you possibly can about race and racism, maybe in more neutral situations. So when you have to call somebody or a policy out, it's not the first time that you're talking about these topics. Start a book club. Start a we're going to talk about racism club. Do whatever you have to do to make race talk easier for you. I promise you that practicing will breed familiarity with the topic and it will be easier. Just ask your black friends. We know how to talk about race because we're constantly being forced to talk about race. It's not like we're better at it. We just have more practice. So Keep practicing, keep talking, keep sharing, and I promise it will get easier. Okay, so let's recap. One, to be an anti-racist warrior, you have to use your voice to speak up and speak out against racism whenever you see it. Number two, not speaking up or speaking out makes you complicit in the crime. And yes, Virginia, that would make you a racist too. Number three, Practice talking about racism more often so when you have to speak up, it doesn't feel so awkward. Normalize calling out racism, just like it's getting pretty normal to tell people to wear a mask. Okay, maybe it's not easy to do that yet. I know for me, I still have trouble, but the more times I say it, the easier it's getting for me. I told somebody in the grocery store yesterday to back up off me and put your mask on. That's taken a while, but I keep practicing, and honestly, it does get easier. But seriously, If you can tell someone that they have crappy table manners, you can tell someone that their racism is showing. I mean it. Think about all the other situations where you have to tell people things that are awkward or uncomfortable. If you can do that, you can do this. Just keep it up. I'm going to leave you with one more quote to inspire you to speak up and speak out against racism. This quote is very familiar, I'm sure, to many people, but it really gets at the point I'm trying to make. This is from a German Protestant minister named Martin Niemöller. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Thank you for listening, Anti-Racism Warriors in Training. Once again, I appreciate you for being here and taking the time to do this work. Congratulate yourself for showing up. That's the first step, and it's the most important one. Go you! Now, don't forget to check out the My American Melting Pot Bookshop on bookshop.org. Also, I would love to have some feedback on how these anti-racism lessons are working for you. Feel free to leave a message on the show notes page on the blog at myamericanmeltingpot.com. Or feel free to leave me a message on Instagram. I'm at Lori L. Tharps. If you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a rating or a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more reviews we have, the more people will find the show, which means the more people will find out how not to be racist, which also means more people doing the work, which means we can all live in a better world sooner. 
Also, by sharing this show, you're sharing anti-racism resources, which makes you an anti-racism warrior taking action. So bonus for you and bonus for me. Finally, you know I cannot let you go without reminding you to vote. There's still time in many states to register, request a mail-in ballot, and to participate in early voting. The Republicans would love a close race, and we can't let that happen. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris need a decisive win in November. Please vote like your life depended on it, because mine sure does. Thank you. My American Melting Pot is produced by me, Lori Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Sumi Tanoka. Thank you for listening, and always remember to live your life in color. <laughs>